Good morning, church. Can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> Greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a joy once again to be with you and to go through the word of God as we worship him in hearing the word. Um, we've been going through attributes of God this January, um, and this is the last of the four series sermons on, on knowing God as we went through the attributes of God. We, we've already dealt with uh, the sovereignty of God. We looked at the holiness of God. Last week, we looked at the goodness of God. And this week, we conclude by looking at the faithfulness of God. Um, and we'll go through God's word. Before that, let me take this time to, to welcome uh, our visitors, uh, Nadine and, and Maggie from Brackenest. Uh, get to know them. Uh, they've been here before, I, I, I hear. And uh, we have Judith, Judith as well at the back there. Um, she's, uh, she's new here. She says she's been here for two days in Rustenbeck. Uh, get to know her. She's um, a member of a Baptist church in, in uh, Bilabela. Um, and um, as well, last week we welcomed Pumzile here. Um, uh, she, as I said, she's, she, she lives with us at uh, the Home Sweet Home, suite home uh, Flats. And uh, she came for the first time. And this week she has come with her husband. <laughs> get to know him as well over there. It's, it's a joy to see him. Uh, we've been trying to get them to come to church. And uh, it's, it's good to finally see them here. Get to know them, uh, the two of them. All right, as I said, we, go th we are going through the, the faithfulness of God this morning. Um, we'll be looking at this subject. Before we do that, let us uh, bow our heads in prayer. And, and look to God as he leads us. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we thank you. Thank you that we can come to you, we can gather together in this fashion. Thank you that we have the Bible in a language that we all understand. Thank you that we have the freedom to, to worship you, the freedom to come together and to, to, to hear from your word. May we never, never uh, take this lightly. Um, may you um, bless our hearts through the preaching of your word um, and, and as we draw near to you, as we learn about who you are, may our hearts grow in confidence and in, in love for you, in worship of you. In the precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We, we live in a world that is filled with unfaithfulness everywhere. And faithfulness abounds in the world that we live in. I read a comment once um, in which someone said this. Uh, they said this. They said, never expect anything from anyone because they will only let you down. That's a, that is a really sad comment. And, and it's probably true more than we wish to admit, right? What brings a person to ever say never. How have they been disappointed? Why have they, they met enough people who were unfaithful that they react with such cynicism? And as much as we would, like, we would not like to admit it, many of us have had similar experiences. We've been disappointed more times we could number. We've, we've had promises that were made to us broken. And we've also been on the side where we disappointed people. 
where we broke promises that we made to people. You see, it is in this world that is filled with unfaithfulness everywhere that the Bible calls us to turn our eyes to God who is truly faithful. A God we can trust completely without any fear of being let down. You see, the Bible testifies to us over and over again that God is faithful. When God revealed himself to Moses in, 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 in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, we read this. This is what he declared to Moses. He says this to Moses, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. He is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. In Psalm 100, verse 5, the psalmist adds this. He says, his faithfulness continues through all generations. In Psalm 117, verse 2, we read, the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. And it is clear that the Bible testifies of the, of the, of the faithfulness of God, of the fact that God is faithful. I want us this, this, this morning to spend a few minutes considering the faithfulness of God. And we will do this by looking at, first of all, the nature of God's faithfulness. And after that, I want to encourage you to rely on God's faithfulness. First of all, let us look at the nature of God's faithfulness. The nature of God's faithfulness. You see, God does not decide to be faithful on a whim or, or because it seems like the right thing to do today. Right? The, the, the first thing we need to understand in thinking about his faithfulness is that God is faithful to his name, his character, and his word. The, the, the faithfulness of God is deeply rooted and is integral to who he is. It is an integral part of who he is. So let us look at those three descriptions of, the, of defining the, 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 the character of God in that way, and the, the nature of God's faithfulness. First of all, he is true to his name. You see, God is very concerned for the reputation of his name. In Psalm 106 verse 8, we, we read uh, that this is what God did, yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. When God saved the Israelites, he did not save them because the Israelites deserved to be saved. He did not do it because they were lovely and he couldn't help himself. He saved them for his name's sake, for the reputation of his name. You see, God's very own reputation is at stake in all that he does. His name reveals who he is, and he is consistent with his name as an expression of his reputation. In Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, Hagar, who fled from Sarai because she was treated very poorly, met with God in the wilderness and, and discovered the name of God as the one who sees me. God's name is the one who sees. And Hagar discovered that one, that, that when she was an outcast, both from her family and from the family where God was at work, God saw her. When no one 
could see the struggles that she was going through, the internal turmoil that she was experiencing, God saw her. God is the one who sees and is faithful to, to his name in seeing all who are bowed down and oppressed. When God introduced himself to, to Moses, Moses wanted to know his name so that he could give Israel a name that they could rely on. When God revealed himself to Moses, he revealed himself as I am. Because God could be trusted as the one who is God over all, who is the highest ruler of all. And, and Moses knew that he could go to the enemy camp of Pharaoh with a message from God because he knew that God would go with him. That, that God is faithful to go with him. And we can be sure of this, that God is true to his name, and because he is, we can know that he is faithful. Not only is he true to his name, but he is true to his character. He is true to his character. When someone is acting um, in a manner that represents who we usually think they are or who we know them to be, we immediately conclude that they are not being themselves, right? We, we say that they are acting out of character. And usually the excuse from, from, from people who act out of character is that they are acting out of character because they are afraid of maybe consequences of not acting out of character or they are taken by anger or are pressured by circumstance or embarrassed or, and so on and so forth. But, but that is not so with God. A.W. Tosa says this about God. He says, nothing can force God to act otherwise than faithfully to himself and to us. No person, no circumstance Nothing. The faithfulness of God is seen in the fact that in the fact that God is true to his character. And what is the character of God? Right? One of the most important uh, or and powerful words to describe God's character is the Hebrew word has set. It is usually translated in the in the Old Testament as steadfast love. It is the steadfast love of the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, we read this. We read that uh, Moses is saying this. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. This is one of the many verses which connect God's faithfulness to his loving kindness. And these verses reveal that God is filled with compassion. If God is true to his character, we can count on the faithfulness of God to his love. What are some of the other aspects of, of God's character? Well, this is what we, we see in the scriptures. God is, is the one who saves. And if he's consistent with his character, we can count on him to save. He is known as a God who is upright. 
Therefore, we can trust that he will always be consistent with what is right. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4, Moses comments on the faithfulness of God and his uprightness when he says this. He says, the rock, his work is perfect for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness without iniquity. Just and upright is he. You see, there are many other aspects of his character and his faithfulness that is seen in that he is consistent in all these different characteristics. One thing that we can see clearly is that God never acts in a way that is inconsistent with his attributes, a way that is inconsistent with his faithfulness. He never acts out of character. He, he is not like man that he should lie, nor like the son of man that he should break his promises. Right? Isn't that what Moses says? In other words, what Moses is saying, in essence, is that God never acts out of character. If he's a God who never lies, then there will never be a point in his, in his life where he lies or even bends the truth. We can rely on him with our lives. But not only is he true to his character, he is also true to his word. He is true to his word. Another perspective from which we can look at God's faithfulness is that he is true to his word. And that is, when, when God says something, he does what he says. We, we can rely upon what God has said. The, the, the language which, which is most often used in, in, in this regard in the Bible is the language of covenant. God has established covenant with, with his people. And, and the most significant covenant which God made in the Old Testament was the covenant he made with Moses and the people of Israel at Mount Sinai. As I just read from, from Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 and emphasized that God keeps his covenant of love, there we emphasize that we could count on God's faithfulness because it was consistent with his character of love. But now I would like you to, to notice that it speaks of his mercy as well as a covenant of love. God had promised to bring his people out of Egypt and, and make them his, pre, his people and bring them into the promised land. And God fulfilled exactly what he promised. Let, let me... I'm not digressing, but let, me, let, me, let us look at this. One of the greatest promises of, of, of God to a hopeless world plunged in sin was through Christ. In Genesis chapter 3, we, we see the fall that has caused the world to be plunged in darkness. But in the midst of that fall and destruction... In the midst of plunging in sin, God makes a promise of the Messiah who is coming. Right? So the, the promise in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 about the, 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 the seed of the woman who will cry the seed of the serpent is a song that starts at a very low pitch. And, and as the scriptures continue, the, the revelation of God continues, we hear that chorus going up and up and up. Look at, look at the promise that God makes in Isaiah chapter 7. 
as, as now we're hearing it clearly, as the Messiah is coming, as the, the prophets are pointing to the, to the one who is the hope of the nations. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse, verse 14, this is what God says through Isaiah to, to the king, to King Ahaz. The Lord, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Right? This is the promise 700 years uh, uh, before Christ is born. Look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew starts with the genealogy and what he wants to do here, he wants to prove without any shadow of a doubt that Christ is he who was promised from long ago. He starts with this promise and he connects Jesus Christ to David the king and to Abraham who, 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 who God made a covenant to in Genesis chapter 12. And as he continues on, he, he says in, in, in verse 23, or uh, let's read verse 22 and verse 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Who was the prophet? Isaiah. Right? All these things, the way Christ was born, the manner in which Christ was born, the lineage where he comes from, was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And Matthew asks this as a comment, which means God with us. You see, God is faithful to his word that when he promises, it will happen exactly as he promises. He's a God who never lies. He's a, he's a God who never backs down on his promises. Unlike us, right? Sometimes we make promises we intend to keep, but we, we meet circumstances that cause us and prevent us from keeping those promises. But God is not like that. When God makes a promise, he keeps that promise. When we, when we studied the sovereignty of God, we, we, we spoke about people who try by all means to thwart the plans of God. We were praying for Afghanistan today and, and, and just even thinking about how there's 1% of Christians in Afghanistan there are so many people that try to extinguish the fire of the gospel in these countries. But one thing that we, we, we know, one thing that we can bank on, that even enemies of God, in their desire to thwart the plans of God, only realize later that they have advanced the plans of God. You see, no enemy of God will cause God to back down on his promises. 
when they try to push against God, they realize that in pushing against God, they, 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 they continue to establish and to progress his promises that he made to his people. Think about the, the Jews, right? When they put Christ on the cross, when they thought that he was an imposter and, 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 and the Romans uh, 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 crucified him because of, of, of them. But at the end of the day, this is what we read in the Bible. I think I'm digressing a lot, but, but I just want to show you these things in, in the word. This is what we read in chapter 4 of Acts as they are praying for, for boldness. Verse, 20, verse 27 of Acts chapter 4. For truly, the, the apostles are praying, for truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. When they put Christ to crush him, they didn't realize that the plan of God was not failing. That it was predestined a long time ago. That God had promised to do this a long time ago. That it was the fulfillment of the word of Christ. He is true to his word. Now, having established the nature of God's faithfulness, I want to move on to encourage you based on what you have heard to rely on God's faithfulness. And that is the second point. We can rely on God's faithfulness. If God is thus true to himself, we, we have every reason to rely on him. And what does it mean to rely on God? I want to give you three, 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 three ways. Uh, or, or three descriptions of, of what it means to, 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 to rely on God. First of all, we trust in his purposes. We, we trust in his purposes. I once spoke with someone who was describing the plans they had for their life in great detail. I, I met them again a few months later and asked how, about how those plans were, were coming along. And they quickly explained that they had changed their mind and, and were now involved in something, something that is completely different. When I met them again a few months later, those plans had changed again and they were on a different and new course again. God is not like that. He, he does not act randomly according to his whims. God has a plan and we can know that he will be consistent with that plan. God's plan is to create a people who will follow him. And, and because sin has entered the world because of our unfaithfulness, God's plan is to create a people for himself by first and foremost forgiving sin and then drawing a people to himself and inviting them into a relationship with him. This was God's plan in the Old Testament when he chose Israel to be his nation. And this is God's plan which he has enacted 
when he sent Jesus Christ to, to give his life as a ransom and to redeem sinful people, to draw to himself those who will follow him and to make them his people. God is still faithful to do that. Remember 1 John chapter 1, verse 9? If we confess our sins, he is what? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, we can trust that God will always be faithful to those purposes and we can have confidence that he will always act consistently with those plans that he made. Therefore, we can trust that he will always forgive those who repent. There is never a sinner who runs and throws himself or herself at the mercy of God and is turned away. There is never a sinner who has been turned away when they throw themselves at the mercy of God. We can trust that he will always make those who come to him into his children. We can be confident about that. The, the, the faithfulness of God to his purposes and how we can rely on him is beautifully expressed in, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, which says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He did not spare his son, but gave him up. For us all. If God is able to do that, we can trust that He will be faithful to the end. Not only is He faithful, not only do we trust His purposes, we also trust His promises. We trust His promises. Since that is the nature of God, we, we can therefore trust his promises. We, we can trust the fact that God's promises are true because he's faithful. God has made many promises to us, and we can see many times in the past when God has kept his promises. When God promised Abraham and Ur, it, it took a long time before that promise was fulfilled. But it was fulfilled even when it seemed humanly impossible. God promised the children of Israel a land after hundreds of years. He fulfilled that promise as well. God promised a Messiah. And he fulfilled that promise as well. There are many promises that God has made. And God always keeps his promises. What are some of the promises that God has made to us? And because... When we think about those promises, we need to think about the fact that God is faithful and that we can trust those promises. For example, this is one of the promises that he has made in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Look, listen to this. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with that temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Brothers and sisters, isn't it clear here in the word that, that as Christians, yes, we will face temptations. 
But in the midst of those temptations, we can rely on the faithfulness of God. To, to, we, we can rely on the faithfulness of God to, to provide a way of escape. In other words, there is never a promise that we are going to face that does not have a way of escape. God faithfully provides a way of escape. Again, we can share in the hope of, of, first, uh, of, 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 of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, where Paul says this to the Philippians. He says, and I'm sure of this. There's so much assurance in those words, right? There's so much confidence. You know, Paul says this because he knows that Christ is promised that no one can snatch us out of his hand. Right? He, he is sure of this. And we can be sure of this. He says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You see, God is not like some, some lazy builder who, who starts building and after a few months stops and he's tired. The construction, the spiritual construction that God has, has started in you. God will carry it to completion. And we can bank on that. If God is thus faithful to his promises, then we can be sure that he's faithful to us even when we go through difficult times. Because it is in difficult times that our default response is to question the goodness of God, the presence of God, the faithfulness of God. It is in those times that we, we, we go through this existential struggle in, in our minds. But when we come to, to know of the faithfulness of God, to, to believe the faithfulness of God, we can be sure that he is with us. We, 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 can, we, can, we can affirm the message of Psalm 119 verse 75 where the psalmist says, I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. And you must say amen to that. Amen. In faithfulness he afflicted me. Jerry Bridges says, God does not waste pain. There is never a pain that a Christian goes through that is a waste in the eyes of God. God shapes us. God strengthens us. God removes the dross of sin through trial. God prepares us for glory. He is faithful when he afflicts us. And we can be sure about that. Not only do we, tr do, do we trust in his promises, but thirdly and lastly, we trust in his care. We, we trust in his care. 
when Abraham sent his servant to, to find a bride for his son Isaac, we see something of the care of God there. After a long journey and some difficult negotiations, this servant returned to, to Isaac with Rebekah. And he said, as he prayed, in Genesis chapter 24, verse 27, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness toward my master. Have you observed whenever the Old Testament speaks of the faithfulness of God, it usually connects it to his steadfast love? That the, the, the faithfulness of the Lord is, is, is closely knit, it's closely connected with his steadfast love. Because he loves us with a steadfast love, he will be faithful to the end. And we can sing faithfully that he will hold me fast. When I fear that my faith will fail, he will hold me fast. In the midst of struggle, he will hold me fast. In the midst of pain, he will hold me fast. In moments of doubt, he will hold me fast. On, when I'm bedridden because of sickness, he will hold me fast. When I lose my job, he will hold me fast. God will hold you fast and you can bank on that oftentimes we we, we doubt the faithfulness of God but here's the thing when you read the Bible, you see a clear testimony of the faithfulness of God in his dealings with people. Right? How he has been faithful from the beginning with our forefathers, our parents, Adam and Eve. How he was faithful even though when they were unfaithful. How he continued to be faithful to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to David, to Daniel, and so on and so forth. You, you name them, he has been faithful. If God has been so faithful, will he start today by being unfaithful with you? Never, right? Even, 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 even Paul says in, 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 I think it's, it's 1 Timothy chapter, chapter 2 verse 13 that if we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. In other words, what Paul is saying is, is for God to be faithless is to deny his very character. For God to be faithless is to ungod himself, if that's a word. Let me conclude by saying this. When, when, the thought that, when, when the thought that God is true to his name, 
his character, and his word is applied, we, we find consistently that we can, we can trust his promises. We can trust his, 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 his purposes. We can trust his care for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 affirms that God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. God is faithful. But unfortunately, our ability to, 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 to trust him is not always faithful. There are so many ways in which we manifest lack of trust. And my hope and my goal this morning for myself is to develop a trust in, in God each and every day. My, my hope for you is that you will develop a trust in God each and every day. When things don't go your way, and when things don't go my way, I, I want to learn to trust God, to trust that God will lead me through the disappointment. When, when, when death seems to gain the upper hand, I want to trust that God will bring life. When people disappoint and fail me, I want to trust that God will never fail me. When I do not see, that, when I do not see God at work in a certain situation, I want to rest in the peace that, that he knows all about it. And I pray that we will be able to learn to trust in his ways to trust him in this way so that we can join the psalmist who says in Psalm 71 verse 22, I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness. Oh my God, I will sing praise to you with the lyre, oh holy one of Israel. We can affirm this with an amen because God is faithful. Amen. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we find ourselves oftentimes in a world where we experience unfaithfulness in many ways. We experience unfaithfulness where in the business world where people break contracts and have shady dealings and in marriages where there's infidelity. We, we experience unfaithfulness even in our politicians who promise one thing and do the other thing. Lord, we pray that in the midst of this world that is filled with unfaithfulness, that our hearts will look to you. Our hearts will trust in you because you are a God who is faithful. God is full of loving kindness. May we praise you and glorify you and trust in you and rely upon you with our lives. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen.